0: Welcome to the Diversity in
1: Action podcast presented by the BLX Internship Program. Join us as our hosts,
0: Luis Rosa and Shantad Tedlaska, interview guests from across the financial planning field to highlight the real change that's happening in our industry. If you are tired
1: of just talking about diversity and want to learn what others are doing to make the demographics of our profession more closely match the population of this country, this podcast is for
0: you.
2: Welcome back to another episode of Diversity in Action podcast. My name is Lewis Rosa. And I'm Shanti Blasca. Thank you all for tuning in. I am very excited about this particular episode because this is exactly what the BLX Internship Program is all about. We have two great intern success stories, which you're going to hear about their trajectory and what they're up to today, how the BLX Internship Program helped them. And it's great because we have a career changer and someone that came right from college. So. Best of both worlds, as they say. So, Sean, if you'll be kind enough to introduce him, take it away. Yeah,
0: uh, I'm excited to introduce Rodrigo Gomez. He is a first-generation college student who graduated from UC Santa Cruz in 2022, where he majored in business and managerial economics. He was part of the BLX program in 22, and he interned at both Geometric Wealth and Five Oceans. Currently, he is interning at St. Clair Financial with with Don St. Clair and is participating in the Amplified Externship Program with Hannah Moore. He's currently pursuing the CFP and is taking the courses right now. We also have Jessica Robertson, who is a CPA and a career changer. She got her BBA in accounting and also majored in math at Loyola University in Chicago. She also got her master's of science in accounting, at the Quinlan School of Business at Loyola Chicago and has worked at law firms, accounting, nonprofits and administrative roles. Um, She also did the externship back in 2020 and she was part of the VLX program in 2022 where she worked at South Bay Financial Planners and continues to work there today. So I think let's start with Rodrigo and why don't you just take us a little bit more through your career journey and how you got to where you are today. Maybe even start with how you heard about and found out about financial planning as a career, and we'll go from there.
3: Yeah, thank you, Sean. So when I was originally in college, around sophomore year, I was still a psychology major, looking to become a therapist, and really didn't have any interest in personal finance and anything like that. You know, growing up, money was something that we talked wasn't something that we talked about. You know, my parents were entrepreneurial; they knew how to bring in money, but after that, it was just kind of spending. You know, coming as it goes. But during the pandemic. I started doing a lot of research into personal finance and investing and the whole Wall Street bets craze and everything. And I really got, you know, I really enjoyed it. And I really love the power of compound interest and the idea of, you know, taking control of your money. So I started taking it a little bit more serious, you know, got away from the whole Wall Street bets and started looking more into how to make talking about money into a profession. And that's when I came across becoming a financial advisor. So I switched over my major to business management economics. And then ever since then, it's just been, you know, learning more and more about the personal financial planning business and the financial planning industry. And yeah, then during senior year of college, I was just looking through LinkedIn and I think the CFP board posted about the BLA's internship. And I thought that was perfect because, you know, my whole idea of getting into financial planning was to help people in my community, people like my family. So you know, what better way to do that than meeting people that are on that mission at the BLX internship program. So decided to apply. And ever since then, it's been an amazing journey and met a lot of great people. And I'm really happy with
0: where I'm at right now. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, the psychology piece sure helps with your planning so much of what we do is behavioral finance and communication and tapping into what people's hopes and dreams are. That's really cool. Yeah, Jessica, same question for you. How did you find out about financial planning and tell us a little bit about your journey so far?
1: Yeah, so I found out about financial planning back in 2018. So I really didn't know about it before then. I didn't know that it was a major at some schools or anything like that. So I kind of went the accounting route. I did find out about the externship in 2020, the Financial Planning Association and Hannah Moore were hosting the externship, So I was able to attend that and was really excited by the prospect that I could combine my love with numbers with actually doing something that helps people. And it was exciting to see the different planners and how they each kind of had their own style of planning and really getting into it, like doing some of the exercises, of what planners actually do in their day-to-day life. And that for me kind of cemented that this is really what I wanna do. And so how I kind of, my path, I, I guess is kind of that I knew I wanted to do something that helped people. And so when I went into the accounting industry, I tried to work for public accounting firms that had nonprofits as clients. So I was kind of indirectly helping others. And then that was kind of too far removed for me. So then I went to work directly with the nonprofit. And I ended up working in 2016 for a nonprofit that was a social service agency, as well as a health agency. And so there were you know therapists and doctors and dentists and people that were helping the community and really reaching out to the community. And so I was working as a budget analyst. So making sure that these programs were funded appropriately. I was doing grant, helping with grant applications, making sure that we were bringing in the money to support those programs and then doing reporting. So making sure that the funders knew all of the great work that we were doing. And to me, that was great, but it still wasn't like, it wasn't directly impacting people. It was kind of like supporting the people that were directly impacting people. So when I found out about financial planning, where I could actually work directly with clients and make an impact directly on their lives. I was really excited about that and decided to pivot from accounting and then, you know, the nonprofit work over into financial planning.
2: Wow. Jessica, we may have to hire you to help us get some grants for the program.
1: Yeah, no problem. Like that was really a very fun experience. Like I love working with numbers and Excel spreadsheets. And there was a lot of that. And I minored in English in college. So there was a lot of like helping edit some of the grant applications. Like we have a team that wrote them, but kind of like helping to look at that along with the numbers. So yeah, definitely.
2: Wow. Yeah. Thank you. I think, yeah, we'll definitely be reaching out. So Jessica, I want to take it back a little further. Can you tell us about you as a person, like before your career started, like What do you remember about money itself growing up? Anything that you mind sharing? Any like money memories or just what do you remember about money? in general? You know, because I remember you mentioned like you didn't know financial planning existed until 2018. And that reminded me of me when I graduated college, uh, just a couple of years before you in 2001. And yeah, I didn't know what financial planning was. I didn't even know it was a career path. I didn't know it was a major in schools, nothing. I I met a CFP professional, had no idea what he did. And it took me a while to actually figure out what this person did for a living. So yeah, if you don't mind sharing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I think one of my earliest memories of money is just learning how to save. So we had these little, I don't know if you remember the little, they're kind of like piggy banks where it's like a square device and then it has like all these gears in it and you put the coin at the top and it kind of tumbles through all the gears to the bottom and like separates the pennies from the nickels from the dimes. So I just remember playing with that and just having a really fun experience with that. And then I remember also, I don't know how I became this way, but I was just always very frugal, even when I was younger. Like my mom would give Me $20 to go to the store and get milk. And I would go into the store and get the milk, come back out, give her the change. But my sister, she would give her $20 to get milk. She would go back into the store and come out with milk and like all the candy that she could buy with the $20. And so that was kind of like the contrast. And so, yeah, I just remember being frugal and really learning about saving. And other than that, money, like Rodrigo said, like money wasn't really discussed in my family. It was kind of like, my parents made, you know, whatever they made. And then it was kind of a secret from the rest of us. Like, you know, we were never in want for anything, but we never got a chance to know like how much they made or like it wasn't completely transparent. But I was always just very curious and just enjoyed, you know, saving and watching my uh, little piggy bank pal up and things like that. That's kind of how it all started.
2: Yeah, I find that, yeah, some families like money is like taboo and, you know, unfortunately, I think as adults, we kind of carry some of those experiences with us, you know, because then we might have not learned as much as we probably could have, you know. Had parents been like, "Hey, here's how money works," right? <laughs> yeah. How about you, Rodrigo? What do you remember from growing up? Yeah, well,
3: I have to admit, I wasn't frugal like Jessica. You know, money was really something that was meant to be spent, and when money came in, you know, that's the money that we used. Uh, of course, my parents, you know, taught me that it took hard work to get money. So whenever I would go to work with my dad, he'd pay me his $20 and I'd save up, you know, and then three weeks later I had $60 and I'd pay for a PlayStation game and then that was it. That's what I knew about money. But one thing that I did appreciate was that my parents were always saving spare change and saving every once in a while into a big vase. And then, you know, at the end of the year or once every two years, we'd crack open the safe, uh, the save, vase and that would be our money to go on a, like a, a little vacation, a three-day vacation You know, get away to a hotel or go up to Big Bear and look at the snow. So I always knew the power of saving and those experiences that were afforded by um saving, but it was never really clear. It was never really talked about. It was more of just an afterthought. So when I got to financial planning and I saw seeing that you can set goals and set timelines for these goals, that's what really got me excited because I saw the kind of experiences that um saving afforded me as a child with just you know putting spare money into a vase. So I I thought. What could have happened if we had a you know, draw map plan with all the numbers and
0: everything? So, Rodrigo, tell me about your internship with the BLX program at Five Oceans with Chris, uh, GP. He was telling me that he was able to take you to a client appreciation event where you guys race cars around a track or something like that. Yeah, tell us about that and like kind of your experience that summer. Yeah, that
3: was my first week at the internship, one of my first times speaking to them. And it was really a bit overwhelming, but also super exciting, you know, not only being able to race, you know, cars around the track, but also to be able to meet all these great people that they work with. You know, they worked with a lot of startups and entrepreneurs and just being around that energy was really, really exciting. And that was after my geometric internship where I was also, their clientele were more Professional, you know, they were more kind of really high earners, but, you know, still employees of the big three, the big three firms, consultant firms. Yeah. And then going from that to going to entrepreneurs that held their own businesses, it really showed like the wide range of clients that financial planners serve and the complete, you know, different practices that you can make in financial planning. So that was really fun. And also, of
0: course, you know, I'll never say no to writing race cars or on a racetrack. So it was an incredible experience. That's cool. And I know you mentioned kind of one of your personal career aspirations is to serve people in your community and kind of tell us about like kind of that journey and kind of what you're doing now with Don St. Clair and how you're able either through with your work there or kind of what your ideas are to fulfill those goals, maybe, maybe longer term, I guess, if you're not able to do it. Maybe you are, but if you aren't able to do it in your current day-to-day job.
3: Yeah, currently in my day-to-day, I'm not able to do that, but I take any chance I can to help out family members and just really talk about money. I think that you know that's something that is not really done in my family at least and in my community is just talking about money and talking about investing and talking about what you have going on. So that's one thing that I've been you know really trying to do more is just you know get people to know that I love money and I love talking about money and really just helping out wherever I can. Very
0: cool. And then also, I know you worked at, at VOS. I don't really know much about them. What do they do, and what, how, what's kind of the setup there, and what experience do you get?
3: Yeah, so at VOS, it's a outsourcing company, and basically what they do is they run operations for a bunch of different advisors and help them clean up their CRMs and help them set up workflows and become really like efficient. So VOS is great. You learn a lot. I learned a lot, and I think it's a really great service for advisors that want to maybe take some of that administrative work off their plate and focus more on the client facing work.
0: Okay, so you're helping them with like workflows and their operations manual and helping them.
3: Yeah, it feels like it's getting advisors to kind of best practice level. So within their CRM and workflows and operations. And also just helping out with paperwork or, you know, moving money and all that.
2: Oh, so you guys did account opening paperwork, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. Gotcha. Cool. What about you, Jessica? How was your experience with South Bay uh, during your internship, which now has turned into a job? Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, I had a great experience with South Bay Financial Partners just from the BLX internship. When I first started to interview with different companies, when I first found out that I was going to interview with them, I was very excited because of the work that they did with financial therapy and with trying to make financial planning accessible to everyone, and then also the tax planning aspect. So I was really excited to interview with them, and I actually got the job, as you know. And so when I started in the internship with them, one of the first projects that I worked on was working on their spreadsheet that they use to calculate their fees and so I was really surprised that they gave me so much responsibility coming in as an intern and uh, I was able to use my Excel expertise to kind of streamline the process and make the Excel spreadsheet a little more efficient so that we, you know, had, we could calculate the fees a little easier so that was really a great experience working on that project and being trusted with that so early on. And I really felt like I was made a part of the team in the internship. I got to sit in on the Monday meetings and get my tasks for the week along with everyone else and find out about what was going on in the company. And I got to see kind of the operations side as well as the planning side. So that was a really great part of the experience. I was able to sit in on client meetings and I actually got to sit in on some financial coaching meetings, which was kind of exciting seeing the difference between coaching, how that works and planning how that works and had the experience of taking notes in the meeting. So I got to become familiar with Redtail, one of our CRM softwares. So learning that, then learning Morningstar and working in Schwab and just learning the different platforms, it was just a really valuable experience.
2: Yeah, you know, I really love that because one of the reasons we started the BLX censorship program was because a lot of people from minority backgrounds that came into the industry were usually were coming in from some sort of sales environment you know and I know Rodrigo you experienced some of that yourself uh, we won't name the company but I know that you could tell us about it in a bit but something that we noticed was like people come in and they asked to to sell stuff and really didn't get access to how financial planning gets done you know and I'm so happy to hear Jessica your experience of like immediately which is why we created this right sitting in on client meetings, you you got responsibility right away in charge of a big project. You were part of the team, you know, and then that turned into a job and you came from a different career path, you know, and that's one of the things that we encourage a lot of firms to do is to have an open mind because sometimes there's a really great qualified person that doesn't have the quote unquote experience as per their job posting that they can miss out on just because they're not you know, open-minded enough to use someone that is a career changer that has other set of skills that are transferable because we can easily teach you the technology, right? Like you can learn about Schwab and, and Red Tail, like that's You don't go to school for that anyway, right? So, <laughs> you know, I really love hearing your story. That's just amazing. So what is your job today now, Jessica, at South Bay? What do you do? What is your role?
1: So I'm currently a financial planner. I am using some of my accounting knowledge to help out with the tax planning and then the tax prep um in you know January through April. And then I am well I actually have been assigned a couple clients that are like fully my clients right now. And so that's been an exciting process of being able to work with them kind of from start to finish in preparing their plans and and oh, wow. meeting with them kind of on an ongoing basis. I will say I don't do all of the investment part on my own yet because I'm still working on my Series 65, so still relying a little bit on Tara, our president to do that part, but working towards getting there and becoming you know, a senior planner where I'm able to do that whole thing. I was given some financial coaching clients. So I had you know, those clients that I worked with completely on my own. So that was a very fulfilling experience, getting to hear the problems that they wanted to resolve and helping them problem solve, as well as working on their cash flow or their spending plan. And I'm now transitioning into working more with our financial planning clients. So we've brought on a, a couple other people to take over those financial coaching clients, but I'll be working more with the financial planning in our family office. We're working with families to help them build generational wealth. We do some special needs planning. We work with freelancers and small business owners and just helping them to manage their personal plan and their business. So kind of marrying the two, just, yeah. So that's pretty much like what I'm working on now is just building up my ability to be a better planner and working with clients like to develop their plan and then making sure that they're successfully implementing and kind of living out their life intentions and goals.
2: Yeah. That's amazing. Did you foresee this when you were taking the internship that you would be doing this today?
1: I didn't No, I didn't really know where it was going to take me. I was just so excited to get my foot in the door and, have these different projects I was working on and just being able to sit in on client meetings and kind of absorb everything. I knew eventually I did wanna you know, become a planner and have my own clients that I was working with, but I was just so excited to be a part of it. Like even just taking notes, like I had a great time just taking notes and entering them in Redtail and was just so excited. And so to be able to move on to the next step where I'm actually doing the work, like I'm actually leading some of the meetings, not just being in there taking notes has been really exciting.
0: I love Uh, it, it's awesome. Yeah, we interview all the firms after the internship ends as like kind of like an exit interview about what went well, what can we do better. And I remember Tara saying, "Jessica, she seems too good to be true. What's the catch?" And uh, we really work hard to try to interview the firms and interview the candidates and try to find like the best match so that there is hopefully going to be a longer term opportunity if if like the business has an opportunity. Maybe Rodrigo, could you talk about what the process was like with BLX and like when you applied, what were the next steps and who did you talk with next and then like what did you take advantage of or what was offered during the summer through BLX as well?
3: Yeah, so you apply to BLX and to meet Luis and everybody from the team, you also can go and take these practice, kind of practice interviews that are set up and those were honestly very helpful. It's super helpful to just, go out there and really work out what you want to say and kind of make sure that you're putting your best self out there. So that was extremely helpful. And also during the summer, there's a lot of great webinars that you can meet amazing advisors and just really get more knowledge of the whole industry as a whole. So yeah, that was honestly the most helpful for me was the interview prep, just because, you know, it was a new field for me. I was Throughout college I was mostly a psych major and then at switching over to business management, it was kind of a different world. So having those prep interviews and
0: just organizing what I want to say and how to say it, that was with real great help. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, we, we partner with Advisor Business Solutions and they will offer to do mock interviews, which sounds like you took advantage of. Not everyone does take advantage of it, but it is available to everyone and we encourage people to do that and they can help you, yeah, kind of craft your story about how you transition from like to financial planning and how that makes sense. Yeah, Jessica, anything you remember from your application process and how it went that you'd want to add?
1: Yeah, it was a great process. So Suzanne Lawrence was the person that I was in contact with the most, and she was able to connect me with one of her staff who did a mock interview with me. And I was really glad that I took the opportunity to do that. Because as a career changer, you know, I've been through a lot of interviews, gotten jobs before. And so I was like, well, I know how to interview. I know what to say, but I'll do this and see how it goes. And it really was, it was really impactful because I didn't know specifically what financial planners were looking for. And so I was able to learn like, okay, this is what you need to emphasize. This is what we're really looking for in the financial planning industry. So all the stuff that I thought I knew about interviewing, like that, it was helpful, but it wasn't like, I probably, I don't think I would have done as well in my interviews if I hadn't taken advantage of that mock interview, because they told you specifically what the financial planning firms were looking for. And they listened to your story and your interview responses and gave you feedback and just helped you kind of craft the perfect interview.
2: Yeah, that is awesome. And you bring up a great point, Jessica, because a lot of stuff is very industry specific. So obviously it's good to have the knowledge of general like interview questions, but in this case, uh, you're dealing with these business owners for the most part. That a lot of the RAs that participate in our program are people who like created that small business themselves, right? And they're looking for something very specific, and they're investing a lot of time and effort into their staff, right? Because, like you said, like they make you feel part of the team immediately, you know. So it goes. A lot of it goes into it, and it's a big risk for firms too. So we understand that. So we want to make the best match possible. So Rodrigo, I want to go back to you because. I think it's important to highlight some of the prior industry experience. Like I said, we were named the company, but I think most people will know who you're talking about anyway. If you can tell us what that was like for you, I know you were happy to see that there was representation in terms of minorities, but you didn't like kind of like the concept of of the business model. You can share some of that experience.
3: Yeah. So before I was really, I even knew about BLX censorship. I had already set up Kind of, you know, I was already in the process of working for this company as soon as I graduated. But you know, I kept an open mind and decided to pursue the BLX internship. And I'm really grateful that I did because I was afforded the chance to see the fee-only side of the business. And I was recruited by a bigger broker dealer. So after my BLX, my time at the BLX program, I decided just to, you know, go and take my shot at a big broker dealer and see if I could work with the clients that I wanted you know the way that I wanted and as I was there you know as I got fully licensed um I think culturally it was a different fit than I thought I really enjoyed the small team aspect of a smaller IRA and the more niched way that the fee only firms that I internship were uh, interned at were and when I got to the bigger broker dealers I just felt like I was a piece of a cog you know like a, a cog in a machine and really just there to kind of produce production points so I remember that I was started working with my family and I got fully licensed up and everything. And I had learned a lot and talked a lot to a lot of advisors. So I felt that, you know, the first process, how to start the financial planning process was really just to talk about money and, you know, just gather information, talk about money, talk about how they feel about money. And then after a lot of talking and a lot of interviewing with the clients, then you would make the recommendations. But in this one, it felt more like kind of, you know, pushing to get that sale or get that that product through the pipeline. And, you know, working with my family, I just didn't feel comfortable making a recommendation so quickly. And a lot of going back and forth, and I just decided that this whole world wasn't for me. And I wanted to work at a place where the incentives were more with helping the client rather than selling a certain product. So you know, that's why the broker dealer side of financial planning wasn't really for me. And that's why I I now work at a fee-only firm.
2: Got it. Yeah. And tell us about some of the work you do now with Don Sinclair. Now he has a very unique approach to financial planning. I've gotten a chance to kind of test out his process a little bit with him. I know him for a while and, and I really like what he does. So tell us about exactly like what you're doing right now.
3: Yeah, so am I interested with Don? Um, I'm more of a associate uh, in that associate advisor role. I do a lot of the stuff that I did with Voss, which is just fixing up the CRM, cleaning up the CRM, cleaning up workflows, and you know we always talk about the main north star of why I'm there is to get him to a point where he just shows up for the client meetings, everything's ready, and then he documents what needs to be done, and then you know the next client meeting is set and ready. And then everything is taken care of after that. So I think, you know, working towards that North Star, just having him able to show up to client meetings with all the prep being done already is what I'm doing right now. So that entails, you know, cleaning up workflows and um, creating new workflows if needed or making, you know, his income maps or, you know, preparing his debt tools and everything of, of that nature.
2: Yeah, gotcha. No, That's pretty cool. So you've gotten a chance to look at all his debt tool stuff.
3: <laughs> yeah. He's got, he's got a lot of great Excel sheets. So uh, I think Jessica
2: and him would. Jessica would love that. Over the, the Excel <laughs> sheets. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And Jessica, you mentioned uh, Tara does financial therapy, you know, and coaching and planning. What have been some of the key differences that you've noticed between financial planning and like therapy or and or coaching?
1: Yeah. So financial planning is more so that longer term plan. So like looking at what your plan is now and then into retirement and even the rest of your life. And it looks at all the different areas that we learn about investing, retirement planning, tax planning, risk management, which is insurance. And financial coaching is more so you are helping someone to get to a place where they are able to solve their financial problems that they have, or they're able to be successful in managing their cash flow, which we use the term cash flow or spending plan instead of budgeting. So when I say those terms, I kind
2: of mean their budget. So, I always say, yeah, nobody likes to budget or diet, right? So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to develop a health plan, just like your cash flow pre- analysis, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> So yeah, so like financial coaching is kind of managing that cash flow. And then if someone has an individual question, so maybe they'll have like a tax situation that they have a question about, or maybe they want to buy a home or buy a car, or they're getting married and want to figure out how to combine their finances with their spouse's finances. So in the financial coaching area, we kind of help them in those situations. And then financial therapy is more so looking at money, behaviors, beliefs, attitudes, and I always say that you can come up with the best financial plan in the world. It can be beautiful. It can be perfect. But you may have a client that's not implementing it. And so if you're not implementing the plan, it's basically worthless. And so what financial therapy can do is kind of get people unstuck. It looks at how they're thinking about the plan, how they're thinking about their money, how they're thinking about their finances. And I haven't um, gone through the financial therapy curriculum yet, so I won't go into like the details of all that financial therapy entails, but it is at a basic level kind of looking at people's beliefs and behaviors around money. And that is something that we try to incorporate even in our regular financial planning is looking at how what people's relationship is with money and how that impacts their overall plan.
2: Yeah, that's a a key difference, but I think it's a really important one, the behavioral aspect, like Sean was saying, for us to incorporate into our planning process. Because like you said, Jessica, very well said, yeah, you could implement the perfect plan, but if it doesn't get acted upon, it's is worthless, right? So 100% agree with that. <laughs> Absolutely. Rodrigo, going back to your work with Don St. Clair, could you talk more about his philosophy?
0: I think you were t- telling us before the call that it was something about debt, paying interest, to savings and earning income, you know, kind of just it seemed really interesting and different than other, what other planners do.
3: Yeah. So he talks a lot about turning, I guess the phrase is turning debt and taxes into savings and investments. And so he likes to really focus on, you know, debt restructuring and finding cash flow where it seems like there might not be any cash flow in debt and taxes and turning that into saving and investments. He explained that earlier in his career, he worked with a lot of teachers and, you know, a lot of people that maybe didn't have any free cash flow to start saving and investing. And a way to free up that cash flow was to either restructure the debt in order to have a lower monthly payment and then turn some of that payment that was before going to debt into savings and investments in order to carve out a retirement. Or looking into taxes and getting those numbers that can go into a 401k really accurate so that you take into account the tax deferred nature of a 401k or a retirement plan.
0: Yeah, I love that aspect of financial planning where you get to be really creative and think of unique solutions. Yeah, when I first started, I was looking at balance transfer cards for some clients where they get 0% interest for 18 months up to maybe like six or $7,000. I mean, it doesn't solve all of their problems, but instead of paying 18, 20% interest, they could save a little bit. But you really got to marry that with the psychology and the behavior. You, know, you really get to use both sides of the brain. Jessica, I saw that you did the externship a few years ago. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Unfortunately, sometimes we're not able to place every candidate with the program, the BLX program, but everyone gets access to the externship to help get experience about financial planning and to hopefully build their candidacy for for next year if they wanna apply again. But yeah, could you tell us about like kind of what you got to do as part of the externship and what it was and kind of all the different things that you did every week?
1: Yeah, the externship was a really great experience. So each week we went over a different topic and I think one of the topics, actually I think Luis for the tax topic, I believe you spoke for that one.
2: I did, yep. Yeah,
1: so that was, it was really interesting to learn how the different planners, their styles of doing the different topics. So like how some people do investing, how some people do tax planning, how some people do the retirement planning, how some people look at risk management, how some people look at cash flow was really interesting. So every week we were able to either watch videos on kind of on demand on our own schedule or we attended live sessions where we heard from different planners. And then each week, we were given an assignment. So we learned how to actually do some of the planning that they were doing. For example, with taxes, we looked at a tax return and had to answer certain questions about it. We also were given access to e-money. And so we were able to do some assignments in there. We were given access to Morningstar and kind of had the opportunity to look at different Morningstar reports and do an assignment to analyze the reports and kind of give feedback on those reports. It was just a really, I don't remember all of what we did because it was back in 2020 that I did this externship, but I just remember there were so many resources that we got every week. Like I'm still kind of going back to the resources and reviewing. It really was a plethora of information that we got and it was really a good entryway into the profession because you really get to like do the work that planners are doing and kind of see what it's really going to be like if you're gonna go
0: into that field. Yeah, I think, Rodrigo, you're taking it right now. You're doing the externship concurrently with the internship with Don. Anything you would add about the externship?
3: Yeah, I think Jessica touched on was right about what I like about it was the fact that you're able to see all these different advisors and how they handle the different topics. What I also like is they give you access to a lot of different technologies. And you get to play around in those te- and technologies and, you know, complete the assignments. And another great thing that I like about the externship is that they have the weekly live meetings with the experts. So you're able to go in there, talk to them about um, their practice, and also just ask any questions that you may have either about the relating topics, so whether it be cash flow management or investments. Or it's just about, you know, in general, financial planning. It's um, a financial planning, I feel like it's a very open industry that has a growth mindset and everyone wants to help everyone. So it's not only a great way to meet other like-minded financial planners, but it's also a
0: great way to get your feet wet with all the different technologies. Yeah, very cool. And then you mentioned you're studying for the CFP. What program are you using for the education? I'm using Kaplan, the online certificate program, the Kaplan. Certificate program. Okay, great. And then are you planning to use them for the exam prep itself? Yeah, I've heard that Kaplan is one of the better programs. So, you know, I decided to just stick with them. Nice. Good luck. And Jessica, are you taking the CFP or are you planning to?
1: So, right now I'm working on the Series 65. And then once I finish that, I plan to do the CFP certificate courses and then do the CFP exam.
0: Yeah, and for those that don't know, to be able to give financial advice or investment advice, like if you want to recommend a stock or a an ETF and to get paid for that, you have to either have the CFP exam or the 65. So that's why that's important to get that license.
2: Yeah. And if you're in the broker dealer side in uh, series seven, uh, you can also sell the stocks as well. The six, you could do mutual funds and stuff, but uh, on the RIA side, yeah, you will need the 65 or 66. If you are a CFP certificate, then they waive the 66 requirement, which is great. So I'm glad that you're both pursuing those. That is amazing. And in the meantime, you're already working towards the experience requirement already because the CFP board also has some prerequisites in terms of how many hours you should work under the supervision of a CFP professional. So that's great. You know, I feel like sometimes There are some people that go to school, right? And they graduate and they take the CFP exam and pass, but then they can't call themselves a CFP certificate yet because they don't have the experience. So that must be hard on some people. Like they have to wait so long after they pass an exam to be able to use the marks. (laughs) So I don't know which one's better, but (laughs) I'm glad you're both working towards it. So I wanted to ask you, I'll start with you, Jessica. What's one thing that has surprised you the most about just, financial planning or the industry in general that you kind of didn't expect? Is there anything that stands out to you?
1: Oh, That's a good question. I think one of the things that surprises me the most is the whole soft side of money. So coming from that accounting background, I'm used to looking at the numbers and not really thinking too much about that soft side. Um, So it was really interesting because I knew I wanted to help people coming into financial planning, but I didn't realize how much people's kind of their thoughts about money or their attitudes or even their experiences really shape their financial plan. So for our financial planning that we do for clients, when someone comes in and they wanna plan, we have a series of six meetings that we go through with them. And we have an entire meeting that's just centered on life planning and looking at what their life intentions are, what do they want their life to look like? And then we have another session on goal planning. So taking that life planning, your life intentions, and then figuring out how do you make that happen? And so that's something that really surprised me because I thought, okay, we're doing planning. So we're going to look at, you know, your retirement and do you have enough money to retire when you want to, or do you have enough money to last for the rest of your life? I didn't really know coming into financial planning that there was that softer side that really looks at, well, what do you want to do with your life and using your financial situation to support what you really want to do with your life?
2: Yeah. And I think to Sean's point, that's where the creativity comes into. I think it's somewhat of an art form. You could probably have the same meeting, right, with three different financial planners. And you could, you know, I think the on the hard side, right, the the number side, everything's going to be similar in terms of, okay, Max, I, your 401k, is that, and the third. But the ways of going about it in terms of how to tie in your values to your goals and stuff. It's probably going to be different, right? Just based on experiences and different styles. And that's pretty cool. What about you, Rodrigo? Anything that surprised you or stood out to you? I think
3: the biggest thing that surprised me was just how nice financial planners are. I don't know.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
3: (laughs) I guess in like before I even knew anything about financial planning, I always thought of financial advisors as, you know, my 5% will be your 4%. And I'm a better money manager and I'll pick the right stocks and it's very competitive and, you know, Wolf of Wall Street. And that's my whole idea of financial advisors. I started being in the industry more and talking to more advisors. I realized that it's more of a helping profession. You know, it's a profession where people just want to help other people really fulfill their best life. And I think that attracts just very nice people because I've reached out to a lot of different people just on LinkedIn cold and we're able to get conversations and just, you know, talk about, financial planning even though you know I was just some random kid from LinkedIn they were still willing to you know pick up the phone and just talk about financial planning and nerd out about different debt restructuring and different investment accounts and different investments so i think that's the biggest thing that surprised me is how helpful the industry is and how much of a growth mindset everybody has here and how willing they are to help somebody for nothing
2: i love it and you know you said something very important you said a random kid from LinkedIn That's super important because our profession is indeed uh, on this side of the business, right? Very helpful to newcomers and to existing colleagues as well. You know, and I've been on the receiving end of that many times. So even if you are a student or a career changer, you don't know anyone. And you find someone that you're interested in speaking to, that it's a financial planner, the owner of a firm, it's very likely that if you reach out, you know, they're gonna give you some of their time. You know, all the financial planners that I know that are doing this for a long time, they just love helping people, whether that's a client or somebody interested in the industry. So I've done the same exact thing as you. And you know, I just reached out and be like, Hey, I'd love to pick your brain for fifteen minutes, right? And most of the time it was, yeah, like, sure, here's my number. Let me put you in touch with my assistant so we can coordinate, you know? So don't feel afraid to reach out. Definitely do so if you, if it's anyone that you want to connect with, you know? And that's why we have the BLX office hours as well. It's, uh, once a month on a Friday and just go to blxinternship.org and uh, forward slash office hours, and you're able to sign up there. If you want to meet with any of us, usually we rotate, but one of the co-founders of the program hosts them, and you can literally just come and pick up brains for an hour or so about anything related to the industry or our career path. So definitely take advantage of that. So thank you both for sharing.
0: Yeah, I think all of us have had people kind of help us out throughout our career. So we definitely like are very open to paying it forward. And if you along with that LinkedIn, reach out if you can kind of say something that's a little bit flattering of like, oh, it's really impressive how you did X, or I'm really interested in i uh, I'd love to just talk with you for a little bit about it. Most people are really open to that. And uh, yeah, maybe start with Jessica. Do you have any other tips for People that are interested in getting started in financial planning, like any, any suggestions for people that want to get started?
1: So for people who want to get started, I'll actually start from the CPA perspective, because if you are actually coming from an accounting background like me and you want to become a CFP, you can actually kind of fast track it. You don't have to do like the whole graduate certificate or master's program. You can actually sit, you can do a capstone course and then you can sit for the exam. So there are ways to kind of fast track your entry. If you feel like you have that enough experience with financial planning for people who are coming from other areas, I would say getting into this industry is really, I'd say like you guys were just saying, kind of reaching out to people on LinkedIn. I'd say if you want to enter this industry, informational interviewing, I think is a good way to start. So even if you are not you know, not contacting someone for a specific job interview. It's always appropriate to reach out to someone and say, hey, I'm interested in what you do. Can I do an informational interview with you? And you sit down, you ask them questions about the industry, learn more about it. And then they might be interested in learning more about you. And even if they don't have a role or a position for you, they might know somebody that has a position. So I'd say just getting out there, reaching out to people is kind of a good way to get your foot in the door. And just talk about what you want to do. You know, you could talk to friends, family members, just anyone you meet, talk to them about what it is that you are interested in doing because you never know who that person is going to be that can help you get your foot in the door.
0: Yeah, such good advice. And also just showing up to things like uh, local FPA events. There's usually student prices to attend meetings. And just by showing up, a lot of jobs aren't necessarily posted. So you don't necessarily know about it. So there's a lot of kind of informal Job placement. So, yeah, informational interviews showing up is really great. uh Rodrigo, how about you? Any tips? I think,
3: you know, just start learning anything and everything about investing and saving. And I think that would be, be a good base to start. And then from there, yeah, I think the most helpful thing really is just reaching out and talking to advisors. And I think podcasts, you know, podcasts are great. There's a bunch of great podcasts that you can learn a lot about not only the industry, but financial planning itself. So, I think just building that wealth of knowledge would be a great way to start and really stand out on your interviews. And then, yeah, just reaching out and letting people know that you want to be in this industry.
0: What's one or two of your favorite podcasts?
3: <laughs> of course. Let me think. Put me on the spot. Let me think. I like Michael Kitts'. I love Luis Rojas' podcast. I learned a lot of different financial planning topics from Luis Rojas and his
0: podcast. So I think those are my top two right there. Awesome. Yeah, we'll link to those. Okay, I've got one more question. We'll kind of turn it to like a job interview type. Jessica, where do you see yourself in three years? So
1: in three years, I see myself still working in the financial planning industry, hopefully in a little bit more senior of a role. I would like to kind of work a little more with special needs clients. That's kind of like a passion project for me, is working with families to do their estate planning, it, to support someone with the special needs with a special need or actually working with the individuals themselves. And that's kind of something that we are going to incorporate a little bit into the company. But also I would like to just continue on, like continue to have more clients that I'm working with, you know, taking on more responsibility and supporting the clients that we do have, you know, people who are pre-retirees or in retirement, we work with a lot of that kind of client. And then, like I mentioned earlier, the small business owners and freelancers kind of working more closely with those populations. So yeah, just see myself kind of staying in the industry and just kind of working my way up through the company and just becoming a better planner. And I really am interested in the certified financial therapist credential and kind of incorporating some of those aspects into the planning.
0: Oh, wonderful. How about you, Rodrigo?
3: Yeah, I think in theory years, I like to see myself as a client facing advisor and Hopefully um, start building up my clientele and having those different conversations about money and helping people really see the value that financial planners bring. But yeah, just really I just wanna start, you know, making my way into that that client facing role.
2: Awesome. We love it. Thank you both for being here. We're very happy that we were able to get you both on and happy to see your trajectory. And we look forward to seeing all the great things that we know you will accomplish in the industry within the next three years. So, as always, if you have any questions for us or any way that we can support you, feel free to reach out to us at any time. And we thank you. You know, Thank you for being here. And for those of you listening, just stay tuned for other great episodes coming up. We have a few more left in the season. And we just have some other great individuals that are doing amazing things in the DI space, in the industry. So thank you, as always. Any questions, send us an email, info at blxinternship.org. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you in the next episode.
1: Thank you for listening to the Diversity in Action podcast. To learn more about the BLX Internship Program and sign up for our newsletter, please visit our website at blxinternship.org.